Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. There are things happening all around us that's causing us concern that will cause us to be in despair if we're not careful. There are a couple of things we're going to share with you over the next few days. First of all, God cares for you. No matter what you're going through, God loves you and God cares for you. Secondly, there is an adversary. Peter says he is the devil who wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything God wants to place in your life. I invite you to join us as we go through these messages to encourage you not only that God cares for you, but how to stand firm in your faith as you resist the enemy's strategies to try to defeat you. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. When we find ourselves in a moment of crisis and loss, we physically, emotionally, and spiritually can either advance or retreat. We can go up or we can go down. We can be victorious or we can be defeated. In our region, in our area, over the last few weeks, we have experienced one of the most devastating natural disasters in the history of our nation. Although you may not have water in your home or in your automobile, all of us have been affected by this flood. Almost all of us know someone who has suffered a direct loss of property or automobile, and some even their businesses. I want to talk a little bit about the effect of crisis and loss, and I want to talk about how that is taken advantage of by your enemy. Peter, the apostle and pastor of the first church, recognized the importance of encouraging the people of God who were in the midst of persecution and tremendous challenges. How many ever had some challenges? We've had challenges in the past, and some of us are in the midst of a challenge right now. Peter recognized that a a time of crisis presents a time for God to move And he will move on our behalf in a time of crisis, but it's also a time for the devil to move and take advantage of God's people. Peter gave a word of instructions and cautions to the saints, and I want to look at that in 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. He'd already told them God cares for them. He said, be anxious or Cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. He already told them that. But he tells them now in 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. The first thing he tells us in this passage, and I want you to grab a hold to it, is to be self-controlled and alert. Now, he's talking to believers. 
He's talking to those who are saved. He's talking to those who are saints, those who have the Spirit of God in them. He's already told them in the first chapter uh, that we have been redeemed, not by precious things such as silver or gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So he's talking to the redeemed. Now, I want to ask you, are you redeemed this morning before I talk to you about what he talked to them about? For those of you who are saved, those of you who are redeemed, this is for you. He says, be self-controlled and alert. There are some things God has to do, but then there are some things that we have to do for ourselves. Self-controlled is called self-control because you have to control yourself. Nobody else can control you and call it self-control. You call that manipulation. Somebody else got a controlling spirit to try to tell you what to do. But he's telling believers to be self-controlled. It takes an inner strength to gain control of yourself. In the midst of a crisis, it takes inner strength to gain self-control. He's saying to believers, you ought not be frantic like everybody else. You ought not be frazzled like everybody else. You ought not be out of control like everybody else when crisis comes. Oh, Jesus said, uh, the wise man hears these words of mine and he obeys them. So uh, he has an expectation that you have been getting built up in the things of God before the crisis comes. He expects you to be getting built up. That's why you come to church. You don't come to church just because it's Sunday. You come to church to hear the Word of God and, and receive the Word of God and put that into practice in your life and go out and get built up, rooted, grounded, and established so that when the storms come, you're not out of control like everybody else. Be self-controlled. That means to be in control of all of the things that are going on, not on the outside of you, but on the inside of you. Then he said, now be not only self-control, but be alert, be vigilant, keep watch, keep your eyes open. Now, be alert. He's talking to believers. Be alert. Look at what's going on around you and have some spiritual discernment and understanding about what's going on around you. See, the folks in the world, I can understand why they don't have a clue about the spiritual things that's going on, even the things that God has declared in His Word and has spoken and said will happen. They can't catch on to that. But when we see these things going on, we ought to say, I see what's going on. I'm alert. I see what the enemy is doing. You know, if you have somebody that, that's a burglar, a thief, and you have them in your house as a guest, they, they came with one of your friends, but you know they're a thief. When they say they want to go to the restroom, you're going to walk over there by the door with them to be sure they ain't going into the bedroom. If you know they're a thief, you're going to be alert. And if they're doing something suspicious, you're going to say, well, I, I know I'm listening. I'm watching. Peter is telling the believers not only have self-control, but to be alert. See, it is when you're in a crisis or a great loss that you're likely to find yourself at a tipping point where you are not in control and things will start happening when you are in a great loss. That's why even in the secular world, they'll tell you never make major decisions when you are grieving, 
When you have a loss, when there's a crisis, don't make major decisions. Oh, some people are having some marital problems. They decide to get a divorce. One of the, either the husband and the wife, just take everything. I don't want nothing. That's what he says at first. After a few months, well, I, I didn't mean my cars and all of my stuff. Can I get my stuff back? No, no, you don't say it. Take everything. People are coming. They'll talk to me and they'll say, I don't want nothing. I said, no, don't say that. F- figure out what you need. Don't say that right now. You're emotional. You're out of control. Don't make those major decisions when you got to do that. I just won't. I don't want nothing. I go to garage sales from people who are divorced. I try to find my golf club so she can get rid of his golf club. <laughs> you can have that whole golf club. He paid $2,000 for that. You can have it for $50. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> They'll do that. When you're in a crisis, when things are going wrong and you are pressurized, you may rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit or you may find yourself fighting for your spiritual life at the hand of the enemy. When people go into crisis, a lot of times they back off from church. Luke 21, 34 says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close in on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will, come, it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Be on watch. You, the, the anxieties of life and all of these things will come upon you. And a lot of times, even believers will start want to blame God. Oh, God, why did you let this happen to me? Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not like the other folks when we know God and God is our source and we have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We should not function and respond like those who don't know God. So our position then is to be self-controlled and to be alert. Then we're told that we have an enemy, and then we're told who the enemy is. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There are those, even Christians, who never consider the fact that you have an enemy. We go around and we just respond to all the things that are happening and we don't recognize that we have an enemy. But Peter said, you got an enemy. Did you know you got an enemy? Well, you think he's not working? He's not strategizing? He's not trying to, to destroy everything that God wants to do in your life? You didn't know that? Well, why you let him do that? If you know you have an enemy that's trying to destroy you, when you see him coming up the sidewalk to ring your doorbell, you ought to say, that's my enemy. He's up to no good. 
See, the devil be all in your house, all in your business, all in your finances, and you be talking about, I don't know what's going on. Peter is saying, you got an enemy, and I'm telling you, you got an enemy, but y'all don't act like you have no enemy. He said, you got an enemy, your enemy. Why is he your enemy? Because when you got saved, you came out of darkness into his marvelous light. You belong to Jesus Christ now. And he don't like Jesus. He don't like God. And if you're on God's side, he don't like you. See, he used to be your master. And if you are saved, he's no longer your master. He can't stop you from your eternal life, but he can stop you from being effective in the kingdom of God. And he's going to do everything to trip you up, to keep you from having what God said you can have, doing what God said you can do, and being what God said you can be. And he's wrestling and he's strategizing day and night to keep you bound up and not doing anything for the kingdom of God. He's your enemy. Did you ever wonder why you struggle in your regular time of Bible reading? Yes, pastor. I was at the beginning of the year. I said, I'm going to read through the whole Bible. I'm going to begin to get into the Word of God. And now it's October. You're still in Genesis. You know why you're still in Genesis? Because you have an adversary. You have an enemy that don't want you to read the Word of God. No, don't you get in there. Don't you get in there. You might figure out something. Don't you read that Word. Don't you read that Word. You know why when you start reading, you start getting sleepy? You ain't been sleepy all day. Now that you start reading the Bible, you're getting sleepy after the first few verses. Why? Because you got an enemy that says, sleep, sleep. You don't have to take no ambient. You don't have to take no sleeping medicine. Get the Word of God. He'll put you to sleep. Why? Because you got an enemy. Don't you get in that Word. Don't you get in that Word. Don't you get in that Word. You just think, well, Pastor, I just, whew. No, that ain't you. That's the enemy. You got an enemy. He don't want you in the Word of God. Because that's what Jesus fought him with. He don't want you in the arsenal. He don't want you where the ammunition is. He don't want you where you can get some power and something to hit him with. He don't want you in there. That's why you're not reading the Word of God. Not because it's boring. You ever wonder why? That's why you ain't studying. That's why you don't want to come to Bible Institute. Oh, it's just on Sunday night I got something else to do. That's a lie from the devil. He don't want you in the Bible Institute. He don't want you to learn nothing. He don't want you to know nothing. He can keep fooling you if you don't know nothing. You got an enemy. He said, you got an enemy. You got an enemy that'll keep you from fasting. Oh, don't even talk about prayer. He'll keep you from every prayer meeting he can keep you from. That's why you don't come to prayer, because you got an enemy. You got an adversary. See, you don't have to go do that. You pray all the time anyway. You can pray where you are. You can just pray where you are. Now you know you don't do nothing but just say a couple of words on your way to work. Uh, then at night, now I lay me down to sleep, Lord. I pray my soul to keep. Amen. No, he don't want you to become a prayer warrior. He don't want you to become a person of prayer. He don't want you because prayer moves the hand of God, and he don't want you to pray. As soon as you get ready to pray, all kind of thoughts start coming into your mind. I know what I'm talking about. You get on your knees, and some you don't even get on your knees now. You sit on side to bed, and all kind of thoughts begin to come into your mind, and after a while, you say, oh, hold on, let me go do this. The phone rang, the text go off. Let me see who that is right now. He don't want you to pray. You have an enemy. Stay out of that prayer room. Don't go to prayer. It don't take all of that. When the last time you've been to a prayer meeting? See what I'm talking about? 
Some of you haven't been to prayer all year long to a prayer meeting in your church praying for you and you ain't showed up all year. Why? Because the enemy says you don't have to do that. Okay. There's another enemy talking to you right now. Why the pastor hating on us? Yeah, he's talking to you right now. He'll come and talk to you during a sermon. See, he's talking about me. He's looking right at me. How why he's saying that looking at me. He's talking to you. <laughs> you got an enemy. Come on, say enemy. enemy. Peter said, your enemy. You got an enemy. And if you don't know you have an enemy, you don't recognize you have an enemy, you're going to keep doing what you're doing and thinking it's okay. It's just me. It's just the way things are. But he is strategic and he's planning and he is winning. You ain't got time to pray, but you got time to play. You ain't missed your bowling match in 12 years. I'm on my bowling league. They can depend on me to be there. Got time to play. You know why you're struggling your giving with tithing? He don't want you to do that either. You got an enemy that's saying, no, 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 no. You need that money. He don't need that now. He's talking to you. See, there are some things that when you are obedient to them, God's power begin to move for you. When you're obedient in the word, you're obedient in prayer, you're obedient in giving, you're obedient in fasting. The power of God comes and he begin to move and take authority over the enemy and beat the enemy down. He knows that before you even get started. Your enemy... You can go all day without eating almost every day. You don't eat till you get home. Now start a fast, and your enemy, as soon as you wake up that morning, he's like, ooh, Lord, I want something to eat. You be talking about an egg McMuffin, and you ain't seen one of them in 12 years. I got a taste for an egg McMuffin. But that's what that is. You got an enemy. So I'm just telling you how he is so you know why you don't do what you ought to be doing. Because in your heart, every believer says, I want to know the word of God. I want to know the word of God. Every believer says that. I want to be a person of prayer. I want to be a person of giving. I want to be a person that serves. I want to be a person that God used. I want God to use me. I want to be filled with his power, with his spirit. I want the blessings of God. I want all that to happen. Well, why isn't it happening in your life? Because you got an enemy. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for we are not fighting against people. This is out of the, the living translation, the living Bible. I just want to read it in this version. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. Don't you know that there is a war going on that's a spiritual warfare? There are evil spirits and wicked spirits. There are some people in the church, some believers who don't even believe in the devil. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to have to believe in the devil because Jesus talked about him. In the scriptures, he's called Satan. He said, now, Peter says, you have an enemy. Then he tell you who the enemy is. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not the boss on the job. Your enemy is not your neighbor who knocked over your garbage can. He says your enemy is the devil, Satan, the accuser, the slanderer, the adversary, the serpent. It's all referred to in the scripture by these names. He said you have a, an enemy, the devil. I want you to know who he, who he is. That's that spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the rulers, the principalities. And he is busy 
functioning and working right now in the world to delay, to defeat the plan and the purpose of God in every person's life. Then Peter gave them some practical instructions to help them get the victory over their adversary. So I want you to recognize what he's doing. He is your enemy, the devil. He's going around looking for someone to devour. So number one, he's looking. He's active. He's looking. He's surveying. He's scheming. He's observing how you're responding to the things that are occurring around you. So all of us believers, we come into the kingdom of God, God saves us, and we we keep functioning. We got issues. I got anger issues. I don't want nobody to mess with me. I got all this stuff like that. The enemy is saying, you know what? They're still dealing with those things. I think we can take advantage of them right there. You're declaring you got your own anger issues. Demonic forces, they're communicating with each other. Did you hear them say they got anger issues? Let's blow that thing up today. Let's see if we can cause them to be thrown off today with this anger issue. They got jealousy. They got envy. They got strife. They still, uh, uh, they still hurting because somebody did something to them. You remember they did that to them when they were a little kid? They still riding that same thing every time somebody say something. You know, I was hurt. Okay. Yeah, you were hurt. They said, but let's, let's make them hurt some more. Okay, let's make them hurt some more. What we got on them? They call them. They got your file. They got your picture. They got your file looking at you right now. He's looking. Where, where is he weak at? Where is he vulnerable at? Oh, he said he's going to go to prayer, but you know he ain't been to prayer all year. So let's see. He's saying that now. That's Sunday. Let's, let's work on him before he get home today. That's what he's saying now. He ain't never did that before. Have somebody call him right before the next prayer meeting. Tell him there's a good sale going on down there at Macy's. Have somebody invite him to dinner. Invite him to lunch. Do something. He's strategizing. He's looking. He says he's looking. Don't you know he's looking? See, the devil ain't just sitting down waiting for the end time. He's busy because he knows the things are winding up. He knows the sign of the time. Remember Jesus cast out the demon out of the man and they said, Hey, are you coming to destroy us before the time? They know it's a time coming. He said, It ain't time yet, is it? Well, they know that the time is getting close. And they better be busy working and trying to destroy everything that that God has. And every time you come to church, every believer, everybody look like they're trying to grab a hold of God. Every time you look like you want to grow spiritually. Every time you look like you want to get connected with God and in the church, there's always something coming up. Why is something coming up? To get you distracted, to get you discouraged, to get you all messed up so that you don't get dialed in, you don't get connected, you don't get all in. As long as you don't get all in, no matter what you call it, he's good with it. You call it, you got every kind of excuse you got for not doing it. He said, oh, that's okay. I use excuses too. Give him another excuse. Give him a good excuse. Give him a good excuse. Make it look good in their own mind. The end result is you ain't done nothing. I certainly hope you enjoyed today's broadcast as we have brought you a message to encourage you first that God cares for you and to encourage you to stand strong and resist the enemy. Peter says, your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And God has strengthened every believer to have the power to resist the devil. The Bible says, if we would submit ourselves unto God, We can resist the devil and he will flee from us. I don't know what you're going through, 
but I want you to know that God is able to see you through it because God cares for you. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message as well as previous messages broadcast on this station. I want to take a moment to invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a tremendous series right now, and you're going to be blessed by the Word of God. You may have habits and hurts and hang-ups and need God to do something significant in your life. Join us every Sunday at 10 a.m., We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you need someone to stand with you in prayer, you can call our prayer line number right now at 281-964-1393. 281-964-1393. Contact the Beacon Bookstore on our campus for all of your Bibles and church supplies. Call 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.